Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. My name is David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you're here today. I have a, a friend with me, an old friend. Uh, um, and uh, we weren't close uh, through ministry, but we followed each other. And we have some of the same type of uh, backgrounds. Uh, I'm a heretic. He's a heretic. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but uh, good guy. So uh, let me tell you the, uh, the part we have in common. So this is Brother Greg Ogle, uh, been in pastor ministry. You'll hear all about that. Um, but he was a member of the 82nd Airborne. 82nd oh. Airborne. So uh, <laughs> when you find a brother who, who you have that in common, would yeah. you have, uh, you know, knees to the breeze, they say, when yeah. you've jumped out of those perfectly good C-130s and C-141s, um, there's a camaraderie that comes with that, with yeah. those few. So uh, we have a blessing with that. So the Greg Ogles, he is with Teaching All Nations Ministry. I want to start back farther with his testimony and then tell you more about the ministry and how you can help and be involved. So, Ogle, good to have you. Uh, yes, I spoke sir. this morning at Sunday school and presented his work in our church and super excited about what they get to do and it's really interesting in the last couple months God's had literally four different ministries come by or come through us that have to do with what he's doing and I really believe this is uh, something big that God is doing and uh, we get to be a part of it and believe God's wanting to push that a lot but anyway first tell us about um, your beginning upgrowing a sort of upbringing and then how you got saved well I I basically was just the common regular uh, you know, United States citizen and, you know, went to public schools, did all that stuff. We really didn't have any influence of God at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just thought we were just, you know, going like everybody else did. And so when I got out of uh, my home life there, I just wanted to do something really big, really, you know, fantastic and all. So I joined the military. And uh, when I got in the military, I was trying to be an elite soldier and did everything I possibly could that way. And uh, did, be, you know, reach some uh, pretty big goals. But um, uh, a fellow came up to me and asked me. We were on the way to Iran at the time. And uh, we were <laughs> the Black Hawk uh, crew chief and all that. And um, 
he asked me, he said, well, if you died, where would you go, you know, when you died? I had no clue, and I didn't really even want to talk about religion, but he did bring up a point. He said, if you died, where would you go? Uh, would you be for sure that you would even know how to go to heaven? And I said, no, I don't know. I said, I don't know if I'd go. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't go to heaven, but I don't know how to get there. Now, what year was this? This was in 1982. 1982. Yeah. Going to Iran. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, there was there was a, a little bit going on there. It was like, if you remember... In They'd Iran, already released the hostages that's right. in but they, yes. they had the, the issue with the Blackhawks. This is 1981. And they had the issues with the uh, the Blackhawks. We were trained in them, and they were brand new in the military. Right. We had one of the first six, that, my my group. I had two guys that worked with me, but but we were one of the first six Blackhawk helicopters in, in wow. the Army. Yeah, We changed from the Hueys, from yep. the, you know... The Vietnam, so they they took us and put us on that. But they had us on planes. They had them all our helicopters, and they ended up uh, taking us to somewhere in California. Wow! And dropping us off there. But uh, it, it was pretty amazing. But, so with that, you definitely when someone says, "Hey, if you die today, you, do you know for sure well, you go yeah, to heaven?" I mean, and we're thought, like, "Oh, we're not thinking about yeah. it." You're doing this. <laughs> I mean, the pressure's on. I don't know how many know? times they wake us up at two in the morning, yeah. load us up, go to Pope Air Force Base, yeah. go for a jump. I Man, they would fly us around for two or three or four hours. We're yeah. thinking, "Okay, all right, we're past the U.S. Okay, where are we going to Cuba? Are we going to Venezuela? Yeah. I mean, you're trying to think what yeah. country we're going into Panama, and then you end up your they drop you at Normandy drop zone <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> back there at Fort Bragg, um, but you have no idea because that. That 82nd Airborne, well, 24 called, hours uh, be anywhere in the world. Deployment Readiness Brigade, DRB. Yep. Yep. And so you had to be ready to go in two hours. Yeah. And so we kept our stuff next to the door, and they'd come up, and they'd say, okay, get on the planes, you know, go to Green Ramp, is yep. what they call us. That's it. And we'd run down there, and, and, and we figured it would be a pretty big situation, because they had us on C-5s. Mm -hmm. They had our helicopters on C-5s. C-5 is a, a way bigger airplane yeah, than way, the C-130s. At the 71. time, it was the largest. Yeah. So... You know, we were sleeping on our junk and everything like that, you know, and we was in the air for uh, like 20 hours or wow. something like that. So we knew he was going to do something pretty good. But um, um, in this particular uh, thing, he had just asked me, he said, would you even know how to get saved? I said, man, I don't have a clue. Wow. I don't even know what you're talking about. I said... I think old ladies go to heaven, so maybe if you just do good until you're <laughs> old or something, you know. But I had no... Uh, no Christian culture at all in my uh, life, you know, and so when he told me that, and and uh, I, I said, okay, go ahead. Well, all my friends on my team, I had mm -hmm. a team, a squad, and, and they were all standing there, and they were all hollering, please, you know, come over here, don't talk to that Bible guy, you know, mm. and I, I respected the guy, but he was small and skinny and everything, so mm. in, in our group, <laughs> it was like, you didn't listen to that guy, right, you know? right. But he wouldn't drink and all, and, and he would go with us, but he would sit in the car or sit outside at the bars or something like that. But um, mm. but actually, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, my secretary found out about it and because I told my tel uh, testimony so many times. Right. She called him, brought him in uh, to the church and surprised us one day wow. for a big thing. Yeah, and... Uh, he was very surprised How to precious. see that I turned out to be a pastor because he said, out of all the people, he says, I never thought you'd be a pastor, you know. But, uh, oh, I got that so many times. Yeah. What? You? Well, you know? uh, yeah. Yeah. But it worked out pretty good because I turned on like that. I even told him, I said, now, if I'm going to do this, yeah. I'm going to do it for real. Now, we're going to go 100 miles. All the way airborne. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the phrase of military. If you yeah, see anybody all airborne, it's all the way. All, all the way. way. You don't do anything halfway. That's it's right. all the way. You that's the phrase. Way. Even to this day, ATW, it's all the way. Yeah. So.
Wow. But so, so you got you saved, know, started growing in yeah. the church, and then what? How'd you surrender we, to preach? Well, right then, when in the military, that's when I met my wife, hmm. and uh, and it was one of the it was one of the first prayers I ever had. He gave yeah. me a book on how to pray. Wow. I said pray for specifically, so I prayed for my wife. Amen. And found her, and that was a funny thing. I went out to eat one night. I had prayed. I said, I want a Christian girl. Yeah. I want a girl. I don't even care if she has a couple of kids. <laughs> I said, but I said, uh, I want to make sure that I don't miss her. Mm. So it's really got to stand out. Wow. So I'm there eating dinner with uh, a lady, uh, and it wasn't her. <laughs> and uh, she got up, went to the restroom. I went and paid the bill, and this lady come up and tapped me on the shoulder. She says, um, you're not going to believe this. She says, but I had a dream about you just last night. She said, this is the first time I've ever been in here. She said, I don't know why I'm, you know, she just said, I just came to eat dinner. Wow. And she said, if by chance you'd like to sit down and talk. She says, matter of fact, in the dream, we got married. I was like, okay. This is Robin. Yeah. I was like, okay, this, this is standing out, brother. This is a crazy one. Yeah, this is crazy. I didn't, but she was so pretty, man. I had to go for it. She said, I'll go over here to Waffle House as soon as you're done with your date, you know, and, and I'll talk wow. to you. Wow. So I went I over there. That. First crazy. thing out of her mouth, she says, first, I want to let you know that I'm a Christian. And mm. she says, number two, I'm going to let you know I've already got a couple kids. My husband was killed a year ago. Wow. And so I said, wait a minute. I said, she's a Christian, she's got a couple kids, and this really does stand out, you know. So wow. I said, this is it. So right then, man, I was done. I was I was ready to get married. And and uh, <laughs> I told her, I said, I don't believe, you know, divorce and all that stuff. And she said, well, I don't either. So three months later, we were married. Wow. And I moved to Georgia to work on uh, airplanes, Yeah. you know. And I got called to preach at, uh, at our church. At a sort of Lord conference in '86. Wow. wow. Yeah, and um, then um, went to Howells Anderson College. What years were you there? I was. I got there in '88. Okay. And uh, left in '93. Okay. Took me five I thought years. we were there at the same time yeah, because '88 yeah. we were freshmen. I was yeah. a freshman fall of '88. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I was single, and so I didn't yeah. have anything to slow me down. So I got done in three, yeah. and then then ready to go. But I thought yeah, we were at the same time. Years. But you were a you were a married student with kids. You went right. to college. Yeah, with, I went with five kids. Went yeah. with five yeah. kids to Bible yeah. college. Wow. And we'd had money and everything, but I also had two mortgages and stuff like that. So mm. I was really afraid of the financial thing. Right. But for some reason, God allowed me, you know, to really be financially blessed. Wow. I mean, and what I mean by that is, is he gave me a job that paid really great. I, I worked in steel mills. Wow. And I, I moved up the, the ladder real quick. I, you know, it was all God. But, Amen. But so through the entire time, I hired over 200 Howells Anderson students while, wow. we, were, while we were there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it really helped us money-wise. They paid very well. Beautiful. So after um, Bible college, then what? Yeah. Well, we uh, graduated. We went to our first uh, field, and that was uh, Kentucky. And I did not know, you know, the real background to that, but uh, God worked it out. So we go to Kentucky. I stayed there six years. And then from there... As a pastor or assistant? As a pastor. Or, pastor yeah, okay. yeah. I started a church, actually, wow. is what it was. Okay. Uh, they came to me and asked me, said, would you start a church? Hmm. And they had talked to five other pastors, and none of them said they would, because it was so small a community yeah. and everything. There was right. no way. It was up in Hollers. I mean, it was, wow. it was up in uh, cold country and all that. So, but, uh, so then I got called to uh, Canton, Illinois, and I uh, pastored there for almost 30 years. Wow. And um, so... You know, or almost 25, and then total of 30 years. Yeah. So, um, 
um, and then I got, you know, I was 64 years old. I, I said, man, you know, I think I'm ready to kind of kick it back a little bit. Bought me an old truck, and I was going to drive all the way to California and back, you know, and have a little time off or whatever. And then Brother Tutton passed away. And Brother Tutton is a huge example and just a wonderful Christian man. And his, he and my son developed this program, Teaching All Nations, to teach people in other countries, not here. Right. Uh, it's a different way of teaching, but, but it really does work for the you know, the 101 or 135, it doesn't matter, but um, but he passed away. I was trying to help him by giving him money and buying his computer programs and yep. books and printings and stuff like that, but um, um, I didn't want to get really my hands dirty. I was still pastoring. Sure. So, but then when he passed, they called me and said, look, will you take it over? And here I am getting ready to retire. I said, oh, okay, I get it. Okay, this is why I was retired. Sort of, here yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, it's like God, God, God got his wish because me and my wife, we, wow. we were done. A uh, lady walked into our house when it went to sale, and it was sold in 12 hours. I mean, the lady come in and just wrote a check. Yeah, and, it, and she gave me, and she told me, she says, we'll give you 30000 more than what you're asking just so I can get it. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Twist my know. arm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, we sold our house, went into the ministry, and um, uh, started this about a year and a half ago. We've been in eight countries, awesome. sixty-eight churches, and um, you know, seen a lot, done a lot. But the the key ingredient here is that um, helping missionaries has always been in my heart. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to help missionaries, and uh, this is just an. I figure if I got 10 years, I'm going to give it a good 10 years, yeah. you know, all the way. All the way? Yeah. Man, that's yeah. awesome. Good. Yeah. So where have you been? Tell us about well, uh, mission trip to, uh, and, um, and what God's doing there. Yeah, Philippines. We've been to Mexico twice. We've been to um, uh, India, which was a huge thing. We got major, major things that we could do there in India, wow. you know. And then uh, also we've been to uh, Thailand and uh, two other countries there that are creative access yes nations. creative access those yes. are to nations. get in where we're not supposed to be <laughs> yes but uh hey man i i had a t-shirt back from the day and uh i'm not a pack rat but i just don't get rid of anything yeah that's you know? yeah, <laughs> and, i got a problem so i got i got all my military stuff <laughs> yeah. i got all my t-shirts so my boys found they like to, they like to go through the collector there you yeah. go they like to go through that stuff and so uh you know one of them is a death from above you know yeah. and said we go into uh, exotic nations and meet exotic people and yeah. kill them you kill know them, yeah. and uh <laughs> the other t-shirt i had it said uh kill them all let god sort them out you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> which is a fun phrase for the military but that's that, not quite biblical <laughs> that is right on i think it is you know <laughs> just but kill there, them all let god sort them out you have so. to be different you know as in willing to take circumstances you know being to africa twice and you know some places that you go to they have nothing yeah nothing absolutely nothing and water is a concern you know when other places you go, they're a large city. I've been in like Mexico City. We've been there, and then uh, uh, Bangkok. Been there, and and so everywhere. Manila. Yeah. Those are huge cities. They have so much to offer there. You can get one of the nicest hotels you've ever been in there for thirty bucks. Wow. So it it depends on what you're willing to do. You know, go to the place that has really very little water or whatever but when you start helping somebody and you see the light of god mm -hmm. working in their their mind and they start getting stuff out of the bible it will Good. literally change your life 
So let's talk about what you do, helping to explain teaching all nations. Okay. What is your purpose, goal, plan, all that? Okay, the, the ultimate goal is to multiply the ministry. The more churches, the more people get saved. Yeah. And so the idea is to train the national so that he will reach his own people. If we can get the national trained, mm-hmm. you know, one of the biggest problems is when you start a church, will it still be there two years from now? Right. And that is a huge concern even in America. You start a church, you've got to work it so that it'll work. Well, when you start churches in another country, it'll disappear. And it has to do with training mm-hmm. the pastor, the, 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 the next missionary or, or the leader of that church and the, and the workers. If they get some good, solid training. I know I needed it. Yeah. So absolutely. I know they do. You know, I was raised in the Bible Bill, mm-hmm. but I still didn't have, you know, the, the right training for, to be a pastor. But so, and I, I often wondered why God would use me because I'm not a missionary, mm-hmm. but that's exactly what we're doing. We're reproducing pastors. Absolutely. And so I can see why he did that, you know, did that in our lives. So we go there, we give them a conference, they get, a, they get their pastor friends to come, and then that way together they can work together to get a, a, a college or a, a Bible institute so that Amen. they can train their own people, you know. Awesome. And they have a lot of young people. I mean, I, most every missionary has a ton of young people, and so yeah. they need training. I was amazed um, being in the Philippines and in Africa on mission trips and to see uh, the places that I was at when that 17, 18, 19, 20, whatever year old man surrendered to preach. He immediately moved into the church, mm-hmm. and they had a room mm-hmm. dormitory, which is just right. mats on the floor. You know, that's that's they, all it is. They yeah. moved into the church, and they did everything at the church. Right. Anything was going on, they set up, they helped, they built, went so many, ran the routes, did did everything, mm-hmm. and then had a Bible institute to be able to teach them. And uh, and it was amazing three years what you learned because as you know, you learn by doing. Right. You know, the best learning model. That's the practical. That's what Jesus yeah. did. You you yeah. learn by doing. I've asked a hundred pastors plus this question. It's like, okay, out of everything you've done, college training, this is, where did you learn the most about the ministry? And without hesitation, they all say, in the ministry. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's right. And so, um, and our Bible colleges are good ones. We have classwork during the day, and then the weekend you have ministries to work in. Those are our good ones. Um, the bad ones just have classroom, and they get out of there not mm-hmm. having a clue what to right. do. Um, but these people in the Bible institutes, because they do everything with the church, when they got a three years of Bible institute, give them the knowledge, make sure mm-hmm. they know the doctrine so they're not going to be swayed when the right. Calvinist comes by or the Charismatic comes by. That's they exactly know right. that doctrine. But then they're ready to go because they've done everything. Mm-hmm. They, they've they already been through it. They've worked with that pastor on all those things. And honestly, they they leave many times more trained than our guys are. Right. I mean, I went to, I think, a great Bible college. I was there at a great time. I was in the youth ministry, worked with Jeff Owens, in the Bible clubs, and so mm-hmm. I went to be a youth pastor. <laughs> As a youth pastor, there's so many things like, okay, we need you to run a camp. Uh, I've never done that. Uh, we need to run a, uh, a youth revival. Oh, yeah. I've never done that, you know. But that intern that worked in that church for three years, oh, yeah, we've done that three times. I know how to do that. Well, the key thing about that is is this, is that the guy, he is in the missionary's church, you know, yep. and, and so he's looking for training. One of the things, missionaries don't have a whole lot of time or a whole lot of money. So we give it to them for free. Mm-hmm. Then we do the training and we give them the curriculum free. Yeah. But here's where the key thing is, is that there's not as many you know, um, distractions there Mm -hmm. for them. Absolutely. Okay. Focus. But but then um, they get it. Mm. So if they're working there with the ministry, like many of the people we see, they have people living right on site. And all they do need is a mat or a place to hang their stuff. Yeah. But 
on top of that, what they do is like here we have a college curriculum and we have to add the uh, practical side mm-hmm. and we have to train people practically like right. how to do a Sunday school class, drive a bus, whatever yeah. those things, have a camp there. It's they're already there. They're there. So they just need the school program. They've yeah. already doing the practical stuff. Now, criticism I know I've heard, okay, supporting that national guy, you know, mm-hmm. how do you know it's going? What does he believe? What does he really do? But you guys work underneath the authority the of that missionary right. that proves and approves them. Is that That's correct? Right. That's right. Yeah. We, send, we send the help to uh, the missionary, and then that way he can help them. If Let's just say they fall away or mm-hmm. they don't do what they're supposed to do. I can't see them. Yep. But they can, and the missionary knows which guy is most capable of uh, carrying on. So you're not against American missionaries, right? I don't know. No, I'm for the <laughs> missionary. Matter of fact, that's what I'm trying to do. That's yeah. one of the criteria we use when we go somewhere. We mm-hmm. get calls every day from people in country. Yeah. But I always ask the first question is, do you live near a U.S. missionary? Mm-hmm. If you do, then we can help you. And and reason being is because we want to help the missionary. Yeah. That's the whole purpose. That's good. Yeah. It really is a big deal. I, I don't know if you've heard of this, but I've heard of on the mission field um, that, um, you know, they're trying to raise money. They're trying mm-hmm. to get people to come visit them and, you know, mm-hmm. come to our church and help us. But behind the church is a little uh, shed and it has all different signs in it, depending on what group is coming. Which group, yeah. So it's yeah, Methodist Church, Baptist, Baptist, you know. And so this way, you know, it's not that way. And and as you know, everyone has tried to, you know, there's scams out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get too skeptical of the scams, but we won't help people. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do, and like this, is to protect from the scam, and but still not use that as an excuse that we're not going to do something for well, God. Well, that's exactly right, because I have seen those. Mm-hmm. I have seen that, even in the U.S., you know, yeah. uh, and, and the idea here is, is if you put the missionary's hand, he's able to know what he could do. But let's just say one of the nationals changes something other. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I look for is the the pastor is the guy that he's helping the people. Right. His drive is going to make him who he is. Yeah. yeah, they're going to try to be nice to you while you're visiting. Mm-hmm. But you know as good as I do, as a pastor, I'm looking for certain things. Right. Well, one of them that I saw just a month and a half ago, he's been in jail three times. Hmm. He's not doing it for the money. Yeah. You know, he's got eight young people living in his house. The missionary got yeah, put in jail yeah, yeah, over yeah. nothing. And so, you know, you know and then the, the people over in India, when we were there visiting them, um, there's a group of them all work together. And as soon as they heard we were having a meeting, we started 25. And before three days were up, we had 80. And these missionaries coming yeah. out of the closet were, you know, and we weren't giving them anything. They were just coming for the teaching and wow. the preaching, and they had higher standards than anything, man. Wow. They That's were tough. Right. Yeah. What a blessing that is. Um, so give us some numbers financially. And again, we're for the missionary, but how much is it going to cost to train a missionary through Bible college and through deputation and raising their support. Uh, have you figured out how much, how much to get a missionary to the field? What that's going to cost? Well, we can, uh, we can always start a, a Bible college for about twelve to fifteen thousand dollars. We'll go there. We do everything. We stay there for weeks. We'll get everything going so that they can have a Bible college. Each individual set of uh, teaching material is about three hundred dollars. But we're not really worried about that. We we give that to them. We raise that money on our own. Mm-hmm. But each person, it takes three years. They go through the Bible, uh, 7,000 different Bible verses, and they get taught uh, properly how to use the Bible. Not just, 
you know, test. Right. But they're uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. My comparison was how much it cost to train an American missionary four, five, six years oh. in Bible college, three, four years of deputation, yeah. and then to get them to the field versus being able to train a national who already knows the language and the culture. He's not going to quit and go He's home. There. He's there. You can usually get a you can usually get a missionary in a foreign country for about one hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. It, it's unbelievable what they can do yeah. for little. So if we train them there. They don't have to pay for college because most of them are making three to four dollars a day for labor, yeah. and and they work six and sometimes seven t- days a week. Right. So especially in the creative access nation, they don't have any money. They they just can't buy a book. They can't. So you know it's a difficult situation. Yeah. So. so a, a regular missionary, he's he's going to be on deputation field for two years at least. I've at been on least. it for a year and a half, and yeah. I'm about halfway. Yeah. Not not nearly, but halfway of what I need. But every time somebody sends us money, I go see a country because I've got a list, and we're working on it. You awesome. Know. Awesome. So where rubber meets the road, um, if somebody wanted to help you or had questions for you or wanted to partner with you or wanted to help um, put a college uh, and, you know, with a missionary in a church and building and things there. Um, where would they go? What would they do? Is there an online place to give? Mm-hmm. Um, if they wanted to talk to you, had questions, uh, give everyone that. Well, we have uh, teachingallnations.net. That's okay. our webpage. Teachingallnations.net. Write yep. that down. And we also have a Facebook, which is also the same, mm-hmm. teachingallnations.net. Uh, but then also I would say that FBMI has been very, very helpful to us. And uh, I have a number. It's nine nine zero zero. If you want to help that way, that you could call them and make sure that you know awesome. we're the kind of. So you are sending um, FBMI is your mission board. Well, is that right? they, or, they have been helpful to us. We're yeah. kind of like a, a separate entity. They've just been very helpful. Redheaded stepchild. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> They're who helping, I, helping anybody you. that wears a red beret is redhead <laughs> stepchild. Yeah, you've yeah. got uh, you knew that. But, but, was but, that, so. but we're we're very comfortable. But they've been so helpful. You know, Dr. Bushy has just been. Yeah. A, instrument just a great person to help us but the idea is um you know we got a container that's going to india it's very expensive to get stuff over there we got we got things we want to do for people in uh, in uh, mexico we got a guy in india that that preaches every single evening of his life but he has to walk or borrow a car every time he does so i mean i want to get him a vehicle of some kind you know and um and so you know we got four projects that are ongoing, but we have two more that we'd like to add, and each awesome. one of them be about fifteen thousand dollars. So awesome! Yeah, that's great. Well, what an amazing thing! You know, when the Bible says you should be like a tree planted by the rivers mm-hmm. of waters, it's not just picking a fruit; yes, it's sir. planting a tree. Yes, and sir. I, I compare with what you're doing with that. You're not mm-hmm. just fruit, but you're planting a tree that can bear fruit literally for decades, and then yes, that sir. tree, the seed in that, can go to that next town and be planted a tree there mm-hmm. too. And so, the multiplication aspect of this is is amazing. And what happens if a country closes and Americans have to leave? Guess who's still there? Well, we just learned that in pandemic. That, that all yeah. the missionaries had to leave, and most of the nationals didn't know what to do. Yeah. So they fell apart. And so I had a, a national call me and mm-hmm. say, look, you need to train us so that we this won't happen again. Yeah, and, uh, that's big. The statement or buzzword that people use now is this. They say, there is no success without a successor. We mm-hmm. use that here. I'm sure one of your young uh, boys are going to take over for you maybe one day. We'd probably dream of that, you know. Yeah. But the idea is if they're not trained and ready, 
your ministry stops when you leave. Yeah. You know, so that's what the idea is to awesome. train somebody to follow you. That's big. It's discipling. It's uh, yes, you, you get those, you train them, and then they go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, just reading uh, and use it this morning, but it's in my little bulletin article. But it talked about um, you know, heard Jesus abraded these eleven for their unbelief, and then told them go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, yeah. and so you know, uh, and they did. You know, and they did. Obviously, Jesus knew they would. But when you look at that ragtag bunch of of faithless yeah. disciples, yeah. you know, yeah. struggling with everything. And look what happened. These who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And yeah. to see what they did, and boy, to train a group of people like this, what they can do to help us reach the And they world. got the heart for it. Yeah. I mean, they want to serve God so bad, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just give them, give them some tools. So. Yes, awesome. sir. Anything I didn't ask you that you would like to share or tell or direct people to? Um, anything that's A couple of things that I notice is, is that uh, one thing is the missionaries usually have children and they are instrumental in helping their dad, mm-hmm. mom, and their work. Yeah. And it's really, really important that we take care of the missionary. But give him something so that he can do his work simple, you know, or more simple, and then also a little bit of help so that makes things easier for him. You know, awesome. I definitely want to help those uh, young people that their mom and dad are serving on a foreign field, you know, and and they're outstanding. I mean, they, they use instruments, they do the sewing, they do everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very, you know, wanting to be helpful to them as well, awesome. you know. Awesome. Great stuff. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. Um, hey, you know, we're friendly you know yeah. we're serving our yeah. own way doing our own thing i know you you know us and yeah. uh, when i first heard what you're doing i think i reached out to you and said hey when can you come yeah. you know or you reached right. out to me like man yeah. let's do this thing yeah. you know so uh it took us a while to get here even though we're only about an hour and a half away from each other yeah. so um uh, super excited about what god has for you and uh as we know, only heaven will be able to reveal yes, everything that happens. We serve here, you know, mm-hmm. we see blindly or darkly, you know, but boy, getting to see the Lord face to face one day and getting to see all the work of our labor mm-hmm. one day, what that's going to yep, be. The investment be will be worth it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely will. All right, so you heard it. Go to teachingallnations.net. Go to Facebook page. Is if someone wanted to email you, uh, yes. what your email G. be? Ogle. TeachingAllNations.net. Okay, G-O-G-L-E, O-G-L-E, uh, at AllNations, TeachingAllNations.net. Teaching all, teaching all okay, yeah. you can email him if you guys want to have him for a meeting. Uh, come and teach, preach, help, um, support, um, go on a trip with them, whatever. Yeah. I'm sure you'll take all that, right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, awesome. yeah. So, hey, God bless you. Thank you for listening, and, um, and do pray about what God would want you to do. Um, it's amazing. When you talk about business, you talk about return on investment, your ROI, and where can I get the most return on my investment? Investing in something like this where you're planting a tree and the multiplication, I think would be a great way to watch God multiply that in a big yes, way. Sir. So, Thank you, Brother Ogles. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.